For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. You, between you, me, the tree, rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 393 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Oh man, buddy. Boy, boy, do we got some stuff to talk about this week. Boy, howdy. Fucking Mandalorian. Bummer ass. Finale for Bad Batch. Man. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. And we got a lot 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 of mes- uh, emails and voicemails we're gonna get to as many of those as we can any that we miss you know we'll we'll catch up on them right of um, course. so before we jump into all that you come on guys at this point you know or maybe it's your first episode if it's your first episode you know what you should do you should go to blueharvest.rocks or myweirdfoot.com for all your blue harvest needs um you'll find so links. you got a treat Every episode, like it's your first episode. Yep, it could be somebody's first. Um, you will find links to all our social media, our Twitter, or Twitch, or Instagram, the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Blue Harvest Pod, where I have been streaming like crazy lately. You should come hang out. Our buddy Florian that sends in the voicemails came by the stream for a little while this evening. It was Ooh. nice. Um. And, of course, you can't forget about the link to the Blue Harvest Patreon, where, if you really enjoy the show, you can support us for as little as $3 a month and get access to our exclusive bonus podcast feed. This week alone, there was the advanced release of episode 392 with my mom. There was an immediate reaction to Bad Batch and... Mandalorian and a damn near three hour episode of Hall's Calls with our buddy Steel. So lots of stuff oh kicking goodness. around on that. Lots of content being put out on that Blue Harvest Patreon. So you should check My it out. My goodness. Patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast and a big old shout out, big old big old kiss on the turkey neck to our patrons. You guys are the best. Buddy, how's your week been? 
Stressful, but good. Okay. All right. I hear you. I hear you, my man. Stressful, but good. Doing the dad thing. Yeah. We got a little Fortnite time in last night on stream. Yeah. That was fun. It was. I was playing like warmed over doo-doo feces. But it was Whatever. Fun. It's because I was using the marksman rifle, and I feel like... I feel like I was stealing your kills there on that last game. Nah, nah, not at all. You were killing dudes I didn't even have sight of. And I was like, well, Will got another one. Um, so, uh, listen, I guess we should just sort of jump into it because there's a lot to cover this week. I don't know how, you've, how you're feeling about the That's Star Wars. That's how I feel. Yeah, right? I feel like there's a lot of Star Wars to talk about. So, we got the fifth episode of Mando Season 3. Yeah. Um and buddy, I really like this one. I mean, listen, I do too. I've got It's some a quest- culmination of a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I've definitely you know, kind of a resting ground for whatever's about to happen next. I definitely have some questions, you know, sort of just some weirder weirder smaller things in the episode that didn't quite land 100% okay. with me. But otherwise, I thought it was a really fucking fun episode yeah um, me too i i mean i i'm i'm assuming we're going to be jumping all over the place but i certainly would not have expected that the first humanoid rebels crew character that we would see in live action would be zeb i would have never I, guessed right right when i saw him i was like oh shit um so I mean, you know, I say humanoid because Chopper had his like little cameo in Rogue One, yeah, right. right. And you know, we know Hera and Sabine are going to be in Ahsoka, and this whole time, I've been thinking we might see Sabine this season. Which, by the way, I still don't think, given the end of this episode, I still don't think is out of the realm of possibility. But yeah, when when Zeb showed up, at first I was like, oh shit. They finally, these crazy bastards finally did it and put a Lassat in live action. And oh yeah. shit, he looks pretty good. Like, yeah, right. That was one of those things we would always talk about with Rebels is like, look, that's cool. I'm I, Like, it's cool that they used the Macquarie concept art for that character. But man, is he hard to imagine in live action, right? Right. And then old... Jaro Topal or whatever Cal Kestis's master was was in um, Jedi Fallen Order, and I was like, okay, all right. So, because you know that was a a more realistic rendering of one of those characters, you know, obviously a video game, but it's you know it was more modeled after reality than an animated series, right? <laughs> but I gotta say. For something that I was extremely doubtful of them being able to pull off in live action, he looked pretty good. I thought it, they nailed it. I thought so too. And then he starts talking, and I go, "Okay, hold up, like a second. So that's definitely Steve Bloom doing the voice. That's what I thought. Yeah, and I was like, so is it a nod to Steve Bloom as the Zeb actor that they had, or is this supposed to be Zeb? But." I stuck around and I looked in the credits and sure enough, that was Zeb. That was our boy right. Zeb. I don't know why you would put a Lasad in there without making it Zeb in that timeline. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, definitely. I definitely get that. Um, 
And, and certainly, why would you get the same guy to voice him if it was not supposed to be Zeb? But, you know, I had to do my due diligence and verify. And of all the things I've been getting texted about this season in related to Mandalorian, this is the one I got the most text about from just, I don't, you know, I talk to a lot of people about the Mandalorian, but people that don't, I don't talk to on like a weekly basis about the show. Um, so yeah, that was big ups to Zeb. Wasn't expecting it, but sure enough, there he was. Um, that means he might show up at some point in the future and kick a little ass. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I certainly think this, this marks him down for some sort of appearance in Ahsoka, right? For sure. Yeah, right. Um, and, and, you know, that was one that I always thought was at least somewhat possible. But didn't know for sure because of the, you know, the the hurdles that I perceived in bringing that character to live action, which turned out not to really be hurdles after all. Um, right. Now, okay, <clears throat> so I like the general plot of this episode, right? The pirate assholes, are, they're, they're pissed off. They go back to Navarro. They hold it under siege. I still think the pirate captain is cool looking as shit. He's weird. Yeah, I think so too. The like the practical effect, and I'm sure there is some CG mixed in, but like yeah, you know what? It reminds me of like a Scooby Doo villain. A little bit, a little bit, uh, in like a good way. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of menacing. He's the funky seaweed pirate captain. Like yeah. he's good. It works. Now, listen, this is not an, an indictment on the show or the episode. This is one, I admit fully, this is a 100% matter of personal preference. In this episode, they might have been a little bit too much R, my, R matey piratey for me. You know, pirates aren't really my thing. He even had a little Mr. Shmee ass Ugnot on his crew. Yeah, he did. I was fine. I lean. Yeah. You can lean all the way into it. Space pirate. That's fine. Okay. I mean, it, like I said, he had the giant wheel. Uh, now you know he my, had the, snub fighters. The and it um, was he it, it, he had the gunnels. Like that shit was tight. It was tight. The, you know, like the exception I make to the too much R matey pirate tiness in this episode was the giant wheel i loved when he took command it was of the cool with the giant ship wheel it was cool it's cool and goofy like but yeah. it's my type oh, yeah. of goofy it's my type but of it's Wars somebody goofy. who you think's deranged enough to yeah. be a pirate would go through with installing on their fucking ship um <clears throat> uh so i did like that i love carson tava coming back into the the plot right and he's the one that um grief contacts i don't know why grief didn't reach out to mando unless he doesn't know how to contact him directly i mean obviously because as like from looking from the outside the reason he doesn't do it is because that's how you get carson teva involved in all the new republic stuff right like well he needed an army you know, and as far as he knew, he could only pull the Mandalorian. And what was one Mandalorian going to do right. against a, That's a good point. You um, know, against a, a whole armada, uh, you know, a Corsair, I should say. And I really liked, um, you know, the the scene of him at the bar, obviously. Old Filoni Baloney was there. Did you see him? No. So he was sitting right there at the bar fucking bird dogging Zeb, talking about, 
I just smoked a joint. Uh, I just smoked a giant joint, and now I'm seeing my animated characters come to life. Oh my god! <laughs> um, and then I like you know I like him going to the New Republic to try and get more Coruscant stuff, even though like you know brief. And that fucking Imperial lady, man, she thinks she's so slick. I do not like that character, man. The, the fact that Tim Meadows couldn't see through her bullshit, who I like, by the way. I like Tim Meadows' I like cameo. So, he was good. Now, listen. When I say I don't like her, I don't like that character, I fully mean I don't like the character. The actress is great at playing that role. Like, she's oh, really no, good she's at killing it. it. Yeah, she's yeah, killing uh, she's it. I just killing, don't like the character. I'm like, God. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. You think you you're know, so it's made slick. Not like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly right. You think you're so slick that nobody can see through your shit. Yeah. Now, I do, I don't understand something here, Will. And honestly, I don't, this may be one of those things that, like, I just need to let go because it's not going to make sense. And I don't know that there's an explanation that makes me happy, right? So then Carson goes and he tracks down the Mandalorians. Now, I'll be honest with you. If all they would have had to do to explain that in the show is just be like, he works for, you know, he's a ranger of the New Republic. Sounds like an idea for a show that's not going to happen. But anyway, like he's a <laughs> ranger of the New Republic. He's got intel, right? He kind of knows. He's heard some rumblings about where the Mandos might be hiding out. But then he shows up and they're like, how did you find this place? And he's like, oh, a former hero of the Rebellion. And he's talking about R5-D4. Now listen. I just got to say, like, okay, A, when was R5-D4 a hero of the Rebellion? Because we saw him on Tatooine. He pops his top. There's a whole podcast that sprung from that moment, right? We don't need right. any motivators like that. And then we no, don't see his ass again until he's still on Tatooine hanging out with Peli Moto, or Moto, whatever her name is, right? When was this guy? Ever, ever, ever a hero of the rebellion. Maybe that's a story in itself. Skip Maybe he it. gets a whole episode. Skip it. Like this oh. is basically Bo Katan's episode. Bro, if they gave if they give him a whole episode, <laughs> I first of all, I wouldn't be that mad. I would be like, geez, this is this is a choice. But I would feel maybe a little justified after what they did to Boba. You know? Yeah. You know, I thought that's what you were going to say about this episode. I was like, this is an episode of The Mandalorian with lots of Bo-Katan and very little Mandalorian in it. Well, I wouldn't say very little. He does a lot of cool shit in this episode, man. I mean, that's true. Like, you know, is he front and center the whole time? No. Um, now, R5 stuff aside, what I really like is the meeting of the Mandos in the Covert trying to decide whether they're going to go help Navarro or not. <laughs> and for some reason, it cracked me up so much that like the armorer's forge hammer is their talking stick. Is the talking stick? Yeah. yeah, that shit is hilarious. I have the talking stick, so I get to make the inspirational speech right now. And another thing, like it was so on the nose and you knew immediately how it was going to go, right? When... 
when she's like, does anybody else have anything to say? And Paz Fizzle's like, I got something to say. You know he's going to, like, make it seem like he doesn't like the idea and then turn it around on him, you know? Yeah. You can see it coming. It's kind of on the nose. Yeah, yeah it's, you, see it, you see it coming a mile away, but I loved it. I fucking yeah. loved it. People would be upset if it didn't happen. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and then, like... Was it was a surprise to me was the armorer's embrace of uh Oh my goodness. I have blanked on her name all of a sudden I just said it. Bo Katan, yeah, what the hell? Um Yeah. The armorer's acceptance of Bo Katan and decision that she's gonna walk both worlds, like her seeing the mythosaur as some sign, like it's incredible. I did not see that coming. Well so okay. I uh I wouldn't have necessarily seen, I would not have necessarily have seen the armorer going along with it, right? But we've been talking a lot leading into this season and and during this season that they were going to have to ease up on those rules at some point, right? Like, you know, right. the whole idea was like, now I, I always thought, my thought always was that like the armorer was going to be really opposed to it and not necessarily a full-blown villain but more of a foil to that idea but no nah, man she's seems to fully embrace the idea in this episode and like yeah she's ready to retake mandalore which i yeah. like <laughs> yeah um and dude when they show up on navarro and din is whipping around in the n1 and Ooh. Mandalorians are dropping from the fucking sky and yeah, fighting pirates. And then Bo-Katan's whipping around in her gauntlet ship. Whew. Moving as two different teams. Yeah. You know, the Mandalorian teams on the ground. It's like watching professional soldiers. It's like it's, watching it was, it was that like, Tarakovsky shit real life, but it's Mandalorians. Oh, dude. Like... I would. I just had the biggest, dumbest, stupidest grin on my face the whole time. Like mm -hmm. any little annoyances I may have had in this season, like you know, they're still there. I still acknowledge them, but those moments, I was like, okay, okay, all right. That's what I talking love about. That they liberate the fuck out of Navarro. <laughs> oh, dude, and grief Karga is basically like. Here you go. Yep. Here you go, dude. Here's a chunk of land right there. Thank you very much. I love it. Was Why don't a, you stick around? I don't like the Kowakian monkey lizards, right? I don't like them. Oh, you don't? It, no, man. It's ever since I was a kid and old fucking, what's his name? What's Jabba's Kowakian monkey lizard's name? Fuck. Salacious Crumb. Salacious Crumb. When old Salacious go. Crumb and he's doing his, like, his smoker's laugh and he's eating... See three C three PO's eyeball just never been a fan, but that yeah. one that fucking snitches on the the ambush, I'm cool with that one. I said okay, turning yeah. me around on the monkey lizards a little monkey bit. Monkey lizard for the win. Yep. Yeah, man. And then like, you know, they did the like real comic booky heroic uh, arrival of Paz Vizsla in that one moment with the minigun. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. The armorer. Listen, I love her. Listen, I we know this, Will. I respect the bit, right? Yeah. I respect those that respect the bit. I don't know, armorer. You might want to like, can we even like maybe get you a blaster? 
You don't like the armor fighting with the tongs I and do. the hammer. You hate that. No, I do like it, but I don't think that should be her only weapon. You know? Like, one day she's not going to be able to sneaky, sneaky up on some people and use that. You know, she's got to have some range. She's going to do that. Know. She's a master warrior. Fucking throw it like Thor. Um, yeah. And I tell you, I. And, and this is, I think this is some built in. Just built in, you know, opinion about the character and the whole child of the watch thing. Every time it's just her and one other person, I get this like ominous feeling. And yeah, right. Yeah. Right. I'm like, somebody's about to die here. Or, or something like, like she's about to, you know, she's about to lay out her evil master plan. And it has yet to be that. Right. Like, yeah, it's just very intense. Um, she even hints at it, you know, do you respect my station? Yes. Like, so apparently there is a reverence for the armor that is above all of this. Yeah, and I love I mean, what I'm she's sure talking about. part of the way. Like how she, you know, how she was at the Great Forge on Mandalore, and she was taught right. to believe that Mythosars were just, you know, legend and stuff. And then, yeah. you know... She's the one that brings this whole prophecy of the Mythosar rising again, right? She's the one who drops that on us in the book of Boba Fett. So right. it was clear and obviously, you know, that, that that whole idea, that whole symbol of the Mythosar meant a lot to that character. So I never expected the way that she would like come around a little bit would be because Bo-Katan saw a living Mythosar in the living waters of Mandalore. Okay. Right. All right. You got me. Whew. Um, but yeah, like when, when pause came up and was like, the Arborer would like to speak with you. I was like, Oh, Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. I, for a second there, I was almost convinced the armorer was going to take her helmet too off when Bo-Katan did. I did too. Really? I was like, oh, it's a yeah. time for everyone to walk the way? And I was like, does that mean you're taking your helmet off? I thought it was about to be like a lost kind of like reveal. Right. And it was. Where all of a sudden the helmets are optional. Yeah. Well, I think she's going to, I think she's going to continue to ease up on that. Like, I think even the armorer realizes kind of what Bo has realized what Dan needs to realize now is that like it's not about being completely beholden to that one way of thinking of being a Mandalorian right if they're mm -hmm. going to retake Mandalore they all have to like you have to unite the tribes like unite you said. It, d d despite your personal feelings on what it means or how you accomplish being a Mandalorian yeah right? Regardless of how you do it, we're yeah. all Mandalorians. Yeah, and when she dropped that line, like pretty much the last line of the episode, well, for the Mandalorian subplot was like, um, it's time to take back Mandalore. I was like, fuck, yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, right. it is. Yeah, it's ready to go. Um, and then we got like sort of the episode stinger. Look, we knew it was coming. I mean, they have hinted. They have, as Will would say, bird-dogged. The fact that Gideon didn't actually get taken to the tribunal a few times now. Okay, the only part in this episode I don't like is in this episode. Is in this spot right here. Okay, is when is 
he sends the probe in there, scans it, which is very high tech for what I I didn't realize that R2 unit probes could do that shit in outer space. But I guess that's why they're astromechs. Like maybe they're most effective in space. Um but finding the shard of Beskar mm-hmm. left Okay, first off, like, isn't Beskar supposed to be, like, the best material? It wouldn't leave a shard. And then well, second the, off, I don't, like, so, just instantly assuming that it's Mandalorians that took... I don't know. Well, that, okay. That one moment, I, I was like, mm. I kind of, I kind of see that, too. It's a little ham-fisted, but... It is. Uh, okay, so just because you know Beskar is like he can analyze the composite nature of that alloy just from scanning it, you know. Well, now that is not at without that. Now, to me, that's not with, outside of the realm of possibility for an astromech sensor. You know what I mean? Like, okay, All that right. makes more sense to me than than you know Carson immediately being like, "Oh shit, they were helped by Mandalorians." You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. So. I, okay, so like you know, uh, Beskar is the adamantium of fucking Star Wars or whatever, vibranium, whatever you want to call it, right? Right, and you know what? If it's like those, the the whispering birds or whatever it is, you know that that weapon that has all the different tiny little mini darts missiles. The, yeah. yeah, maybe if it's that, I will understand. I I will withdraw my statement because that's. But That's what those are. They're little Beskar fragments. I also don't think like you, that it has to be like completely indestructible. So the fact that there's a shard, who knows? Maybe it's some weapon we haven't seen, like a, a fucking, what would you call it? Like a um, shrapnel bomb or something, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> I have a couple of minor operating theories on how Mandalorians could have been involved here, okay? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't think it's necessarily anybody in uh, Din's crew, like the that covert. My question is, could it possibly be some leftover contingent of those Imperial Mandalorians that we saw in Rebels? Do you remember those guys? They had like, <clears throat> they went with, uh, for their design in the cartoon, they went with like a... Um, uh, Boba, Te- Boba Fett prototype design, like with the white armor. They were all white. They. Uh, they I don't had, remember this. I guess I haven't seen this art. Um, they joined the the Empire after the fall of Mandalore. So we know there are Mandalorians that worked with the Empire at one time. Is is this some leftover? You know, faction well, also Bo Katan's former cohort. That was going to be mentioned. One. You know, actually, already off screen. And they're I'm, out there somewhere. And I'm pretty sure they're the ones that took off with Moff Gideon's ship, too, right? So, like, That's they true, left and yeah. took the ship. Maybe they got contacted and were like, hey, you want to help break Moff Gideon out? There's a lot of money in it for you or whatever. Like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they wanted to mete out their own justice on him. I don't know how involved he was with the Siege of Mandalore. Oh, maybe. You know what Maybe I think would be fucked up. Moff you want to? I I hope this. Well, I don't know if I hope it doesn't happen. I, I'm torn, but I had this idea today while I was making dinner. What if Moff Gideon is part of that new covert and they don't know yet? 
What do you mean? Like the new covert, like that they've built up since the end of, uh, since we saw him in Book of Boba Fett until the beginning of Mandalorian season three, all the den and the armor and pauses, homies. What if he's in? The, what if he has infiltrated them as a Mandalorian? Oh my in disguise? goodness! What if he's a Mandalorian? What you like, telling me? Pretending to be a Mandalorian. Moff Gideon. Yeah. What if? What if he's been there this whole time? What if the reveal, like next episode or something, is one of these Mandalorian homies takes their helmet off and it's Moff Gideon, and he's just that been would be intense. Away. I don't. I don't think it would happen. It doesn't make a ton of sense. Like I would have questions on how, why they accepted him as a Mandalorian. Like, you know what? I, I would mean? also <clears throat> ask why that chick fried that dude's brain. The scientist, you know, like. Unless Gideon is directing this stuff, she's just like a psycho killer. No, she, he's directing her one hundred percent. He, she is working. She is still working with. I have. I doubt nothing more. Am like I'm telling you, buddy. She is working for Gideon still. 100%. Yeah, I mean that's what I figure. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but I guess we'll see. We got three episodes left this season, and I'm pretty excited at this point. So. And I think next episode is a Carlo Esposito. Yep. I think next episode is a um, Bryce Dallas Howard. Is that Ron Howard's wife's name or daughter's name? Yes, Yes. Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, she. I think she's directing the next episode, and she typically does bangers. So, yes, she usually does. (laughs) What did you think of the uh, final two episodes of Bad Batch, buddy? Dude, dude, dude. That shit was dark. Was dark, was heavy, mm-hmm. was sad. I know, man. Do you know when she started flirting with him, uh, I was like, no, 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 no. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Y'all been showing Tech so much love this season. Is this why? Yeah. Is this why you going to do that to my boy? And then once the stuff happened on the train, I was like, oh, okay. All right. I see. I see what's about to happen here. Yep. Him and Fee. They could look at me being able to remember that character's name. Yep. Um, they had, they, they were going to have a thing going. It sure seemed like it, but not anymore. Not anymore. I was like, things are going really good for tech. Yeah. Like, his character is just absolutely blossoming. Yeah, and they gave him that awesome episode with, with yeah the racing Omega. pod racing yeah and the pod racing episode yeah man they really did feature him a lot and I <clears throat> I've always thought that by the time this series was over that we would probably lose a member of the Bad hey, Batch right yeah I thought it would be Wrecker honestly. I thought it would be Hunter Hunter was always the one I could you know because he's like uh, the leader yeah. and Space you know, Dad yeah, yeah goes down saving the rest of the crew or something. But yeah, I didn't see, I did not see it being tech. And that shit was brutal, man. And like, it was the whole Rogue One uh, reunion we got in the first episode with Krennic and Saw Guerrera. Yeah. It was cool seeing Krennic in there. I know. When they showed the, the, you know, that committee the first time, I was like, that guy looks like Krennic. Is that supposed to be Krennic? And then they called him out. And he even had a line. Yeah. Which was Ben Mendelsohn, by the way. It was the actor. Oh, my goodness. I don't. 
I would love to know the answer of, was that unused dialogue from Rogue One? Did they get him, like, maybe he was recording extra dialogue for that Marvel show he's about, he's going to be in Secret Invasion. So they're, maybe they're like, hey, okay. Ben, uh, you got a, your book for some ADR for Secret Invasion and the Star Wars guys need you to do a line real quick. So I don't know. I, 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 one single line. I, I'm dying to know how they got that. If they're doing Secret Invasion, Marvel's about to write him a check because he's like the scroll, right? Yeah, yeah. He's going to be heavily featured in that show. Um, and then <clears throat> the minute the shit happened where Omega passed out and they were like, get the Ord Mandel. Get to, we we got to get her some help. I was like, don't go there. Do not That's what back. I thought. I was like, don't go to Ord Mandel. No. Why would you go to Ord Mandel? And fucking Sid, dude. Fucking Sid. Sid do what we all knew she was going to do. Mm-mm. I'm done. I'm done with Sid. Done. Dude. Done with Sid. Beyond done. I curse your family, Sid. Curse your family and your family's name from now until the end of time. How? dare you Sid um so dirty and like that whole sequence where they get captured and then Omega is like really fucking giving it to him you know what I mean like she's standing on that tower and she's like let them go I was yeah also really like those prototype ATSTs did you see those yeah, those are good. I thought those were cool. Those are real cool. They, the cabin seems a lot bigger. It sure does, doesn't it? Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of like RoboCop, kind of. <laughs> um, also, by the way, uh, speaking of another Omega m- moment I really liked, it was towards the beginning of the first episode when she was like, we're going on a covert mission. She was all proud of it and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, shh, that's cool. I like that. Yep. Man dark ass finale but reveal that that she was an older version of omega by the Um, way so you know how we didn't think they were gonna do that but the fact that they did i was like oh well i should have seen it coming so listen i mean i just thought it was too obvious listen for weeks now we've been saying oh that's the same actress that does omega it's not It's not. It's a completely different lady. I found that oh out my today. Goodness. Oh my goodness. Blew my mind. Because this whole my time I thought it was the same lady. My me too. So now Boba's got two sisters. Boba got two sisters. One that's a scientist. Yep. Of questionable morale. And let me say, they can't kill dr hemlock fast enough for me i hate that guy is that too. matt mercer voicing him no do you know who does the voice for him i do i can't remember his name give me one sec i actually saw this online the other two okay. other day because uh, he's truly evil yeah, I hate like him. he's I hate insidious him. i hate him i don't like him Dr. Royce Hemlock once served the Galactic Republic, but his panache for experimentation has skewed the ideals of the democracy. This is, <clears throat> that's not who I need. I need to find out who does his voice. Here we go. Yo. Bruh. 
What are you knocking uh-huh. shit off my desk for, bro? Oh. Um, who does his voice? Ugh. Jimmy Simpson. Jimmy Simpson. You would know this guy. Look, I'm going to share my screen. You've seen this guy in things. Jimmy, oh, Jimmy Sh- Sh- Simpson. This guy? Oh, I can't see. You can't see what I'm sharing? It's very small. Oh. I guess I'm not going to. Well, that's him. What else okay. has he been in? What is old Jimmy I Simpson? I don't know. He's in? not familiar to me. I bet you. I bet you you've seen some stuff he's been in. I'm sure I have. Jimmy Simpson, a versatile actor. That's what it says. Let's see. What else has this guy been in? Uh, Westworld. He's been in Black Mirror. Uh, oh, okay, okay. I see who he. He's in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yep, yep. He sure has. He sure is. Um. Well, all right. Some stuff I've never heard of, but that's cool. He's in the Twilight Zone. Black Mirror, Psych, um, yeah, House of Cards. Okay, I feel Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. There we go. This there man go. works. This man works, son. He said I was in. He said in the same year I was in Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. I was in How I Met Your Mother. What were you doing in 2012, Halls? Huh? Huh? Not being Jimmy Simpson, that's who. Get your ass out of here. He was in My Name is Earl. Star, Ooh. stage, and screen. He was in Kirby, Herbie Fully Loaded with Lindsay Lohan. Mm. Look at him. Shit, star of stage. And, <laughs> a triple threat, they call him Jimmy Simpson. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, man, I, I, I like... You know, I didn't necessarily think the second season was going to end all sunshine and rainbows. Like, I kind of thought maybe it would end with Omega getting captured. I didn't expect it to go this dark. Damn. And you you saw. We talked about it kind of being inevitable that she was going to be taken. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I talked to my mom about 30 minutes before we started recording. And she was like, I just want you to know I'm very upset with the Bad Batch. Them capturing Omega and killing Tech. And I got to say, you didn't see a body. He might still be alive. My mom's keeping the hope Completely alive. true. Completely true. I mean, she does have a point. Listen, we've seen people survive less. Or more, rather. Half of people survive. Yeah. Less. Yeah, next thing you know, Tech is going to just show up with some fucking spider robot legs. And Fee will be like, I'll work with it. Show up in like an Iron Man suit. So I, I mean, obviously there is going to be a third season. I imagine because there's a Bad Batch panel at Celebration next weekend. I have a feeling that'll be when they announce the third season. And I think the it, third I, season of D. Bradley Baker. Yep, D. Bradley, D. Bradley Baker Bradley. said one. They, he said one D. Bradley Baker falls. And five more rise to take us, D. Bradley Baker place. You can't kill me. You can't. He said, he said oh, did you guys forget that they reintroduced doo-doo-ass Cody? Guess who does that voice? Me. Me. That's why they had to get rid of one. Man, they were like, shit. We were talking about they couldn't afford to pay. Oh, my God. They just keep <laughs> multiplying like Mogwise after midnight. D. Bradley Baker's. Use- 
You don't feed D. Bradley Baker after midnight. Shit. Don't get D. Bradley Baker wet. He said, you want to know what gets D. Bradley wet? (laughs) Fucking cash money from voicing dozens of clones, baby. We got to move on to the voicemails and emails. Cockhead, the only Jedi master who can crush box Kiyoti. Cockhead, running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a real Syrian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kiyoti, cockhead, so stroke his cone suck on his balls kitty cockhead what you gonna do when he comes on you right now he's a jedi council stooge but he'll be pumping spooch tomorrow All righty. I had to pull the ripcord, Will. We were getting real weird with the D. Bradley Baker bit, and I respect the bit. <laughs> Some weird places. Respect the bit, but we d- it didn't need to. Uh, it didn't need to go to legal. Nah, nah, we didn't need to get a C, a C and D from D. <laughs> Bradley B. You know what I mean? Yeah, because mad respect to the man. Yeah, this this, all it's all love. love it's all jokes yeah, and right. peace and love. You know. All right, let's hear from our buddy King Tom, the king of all Toms, King King Ting Tom Chansky. Hey there, Haas and Will. Hope you're both doing great. This was quite a Star Wars Wednesday. Um, absolutely love getting, you know, the double episodes of The Bad Batch and then The Mando. And it's going to be kind of sad. We, you know, we've been spoiled here. Um, but they were both great. I really liked where Mandalorian's going. Is it okay? This is my first question. I think I have two questions. Is it okay that I, I don't hate the uh, covert as much? You know, seeing now how they have, you know, pterodactyls and the armorers letting Bo-Katan go with her helmet off. Maybe they're loosening up, hopefully. Um, secondly, at the end, you know, we got the info that there may or may not have been Mandos involved in rescuing Moff Gideon. Who's your money on? Um, I think it's either going to be Axe Woves, because, you know, we saw him once, didn't see him again, or they're going to bring Brack. Well, Pre Vizsla died, right? In Rebels. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of his people. I don't know. Or the, although, kind of a third question here. I'm sorry to spring this on you last second. What do you think the chances are they tie it into someone Mando-related working for Thrawn to bring it in, connect it? You know, they floated Zeb out there. We know the Rebels are going to be in Ahsoka. What if they're going to try and tie it in with Ahsoka more? I don't know. Either way, 
just as long as they do it well. I'm very happy. I'm a very happy Star Wars fan. I hope you guys are too. Thanks for a great podcast. I'll talk to you later. See, okay. Like always, this man knows what we're talking about. Right, for sure. But I think, so my operating theory is, is that it, at the end of the day, it is tied in with Ron. I think ultimately, uh, Moff Gideon is probably working with or for Thrawn in some capacity, right? Really? I, 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 I just feel like, because, you know, they said, well, you know, there's going to be all these connecting series that are all going to come together in one big climactic event, right? You got to have a big bad for that, and I think Thrawn is certainly the most appropriate candidate for that at this point, you know? Like, it makes a lot of sense for him to be the big bad. Um, yeah. And at some point, like, you, all the stuff does have to start connecting here and there so that when you do bring it all together, like, you know, there's stuff set in place. I, I don't know, because I think, I think Skeleton Crew is also going to tie into all of this. So who knows if that's, if there's some sort of connection there. We know so little about that show at this point that it's hard to say. Um, yeah, man, I, I, the fact that there were Imperial Mandalorians in bad or in rebels, right? Um, yeah, that, I mean, that would be a way to go, but there are also so many factions. I mean, in the, in this episode, she even referenced how many factions, right? This there is, are how many different tribes there are. This is what the Imperial Mandos looked like, Will. Oh, damn. Look at that. Yeah. They went. Well, know. that is kind of badass. Um, you know, I wasn't just, expecting to enjoy that. It's just. Yeah. Here's another one. Oh, nice. Um, I just kind of <clears throat> like the fact that they were out there and working with the Empire and like the fact that that's a Dave Filoni joint and they're tying a lot of that animated stuff up in this show right um, does make me wonder about that now like the fact that they specifically also mentioned in dialogue that bo katan's homies like abandoned her makes me kind of think that's a the, the, to me that's the two strongest possibilities i agree unless I they're agree. unless it's a frame job and there wasn't mandalorians involved at all but that would seem a little yeah. silly um <laughs> okay so our buddy sean he was like he 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 did some um he he went some back channels to get his question in this week he took some back channels he said he was too lazy to send it in so he texted me he wanted to know what we think we might see announced at celebration in a couple of weeks. Um, now, there are rumors going about that they're going to announce three movies. I don't know about all that. I would be very excited, like very excited, if that was the case. At this point, I just want them to announce a movie. <laughs> a, a single movie would I'd be good. If, a movie if they announce three that's cool but one of these jokers ain't making it out alive if we go by recent history um 
So, uh, now, like, the things I 100% think they'll announce, we talked about it a little bit ago, Bad Batch Season 3. I don't know if they'll give us a date. I do kind of wonder if we'll get Bad Batch Season 3 faster than we think because they delayed the second season a couple of times. So that probably means that... Um, um, probably means that they were are or have been well into the process of doing season three at this point because animation requires such a lead time right <laughs> so i don't know if we'll i would think maybe early-ish next year for bad batch maybe hopefully okay. it's because we it was almost no, I think it was. Seems like it wasn't that long. No, it was almost two years, I think. Let me look. Because um, they kept, it had one release date, and then it got delayed, and then it had another release date, and it got delayed, and then finally was released this year. Yeah. Uh, Bad Batch Season 1 started in 2021, and we got Season 2 in 2023. So I bet you we don't have to wait two years for Season 3. I also think that they're going to say that's the last season, that the third season's going to be the last season. That would be appropriate. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I mean, like, I love the show, but I don't think it needs to run for seven damn-ass seasons, you know? I think you could. I think you have the groundwork laid that if you really wanted to, you would have to put a lot more money into writing, development. You'd have to do age gaps. You'd have to watch Omega grow over time mm -hmm. and the relationship between the family grow and evolve and different things that they come up against. But like you could you could you could do that and it would be an interesting Yeah, but premise. I also like I know it's not cut out for that. I don't think it necessarily is. And I also, think they would spend those resources on live action show. I mean, before they would do it on an animated show. Well, there, in my eyes, there's a certain level of success with Bad Batch because the show looks really good. They're clearly right. putting more money behind this than they set, did either, say, Resistance or Rebels, which is not a slight against them, but you could just tell they were lower budget as in the scale of star wars animation right um and i've said it before i like i i really enjoy the show i love the characters i'm kind of ready to move on from this clone wars post clone wars era of star wars storytelling give it a break for a little bit you know so i'll yeah. be excited to see where they go with the next animated series. But for all I know, it'll be like the sequel to, you know, there was Clone Wars and then Bad Batch is kind of the sequel to that and it'll be, you know, the next one in line. And it'll just get closer and closer to Rebels. And then the entire history of Star Wars from the start of the Clone Wars to the beginning of A New Hope will be covered in animation. Adventures straight through, all 18, 19 years, whatever it is. Um... I think, so there's a specific Ahsoka panel. That is the one that I feel like 
the general public might get to see the trailer for. Might. Oh, that'd be cool. Iffy. Because, you know, they didn't release the trailers for Mando season one to the public that they showed at Celebration or the last Mandalorian panel that they did where they showed stuff from season three. They didn't release that to the public. Regardless, we're going to get to see it because some, somebody's <coughs> put that shit up in the, on the internet and shaky ass, grainy ass quality. Right. 140p and shit. Oh my goodness. Um, but I think maybe we'll get the release date for that. And past that, I'm not really sure. I don't really know. I'm interested, but I don't. Because, let me think. I'm, I'm not even fully aware of what all the panels are. They've got an overall Lucasfilm panel, which is probably the best bet as far as new movie announcements. That's cool. They might announce some new TV stuff there. Please do second season of Book of Boba Fett. Let me wake up, because you know it's going to be like 5 or 6 a.m. or something when it airs, like when that panel is going on, because it's in the UK. Um, yeah. Let me wake up one morning to people texting me and be like, they just announced a second season of Book of Boba Fett. Um, okay. Next up, we have an email from our brother, buddy Frazier. He says, hi, Halls and Will. Long time since I emailed in, but loving the show nonetheless. Love this season of Mando, but something that struck me in this week's episode I can't seem to get my head around is, do the members of the Covert have a ship? How do all these Mandos get to the middle of this desert? They established that jetpack fuel doesn't last too long and not all of them have jetpacks. I get the bow used her ship to chase the beast and take them all to the nest, but yeah, does the armor and her... But how does the armor and her tools, forge, and clan get around? Thanks again. Loving the pod still after many years, Frazier. Oh, thanks, buddy. Um, I, I, so I think the newest episode, he sent this before the episode this week, establishes that they don't have ships. Like when Carson came to him, he was like, Dan Jarn is like, we don't have ships. Remember? He's like, how are we supposed to help? We don't have ships. How hmm. they... How they get shit around, I'm not sure. Unless they I hire say, How do they get it around unless they hire a ride? I think they must. Like they, but they love their privacy? Like I guess they must have to hike out a day and then call a ride? I don't know. I, I It's a good question. It's a good Maybe question. they have speeders. Maybe they have speeders to get to spaceports, but they don't have like ships. Could be. Could be. Could be. Could be. Hmm, I don't know. Yeah, they I, I they definitely don't have ships though, because like Bo and Din are the only two with a car, and they're like shit. Everybody pile in our shit. Bo was like, "You guys gonna be dropping out of this killer action figure uh, feature, by the way, if you made vehicles anymore, Hasbro." Yeah, right. I was about to say this, uh, like an assault carrier or something mm -hmm. like that, like mm -hmm. personnel assault mover. It's cool as shit, whatever mm -hmm. it is. It's cool as shit. <clears throat> Next up, we got one from Roy. He says, hey, guys, still going through the old episodes, and I just heard Will say, go fuck your blue jeans, LOL. I nearly spit out my breakfast. I'm from the South, <laughs> but I've never heard that one before. I'm so glad to coexist at the same time as this podcast. That cheered me up right in the middle of an absolute shit week. Keep on keeping on and take care. Well, thanks, Roy. Will... <clears throat> 
That's a Kevin Smith ref- reference, isn't it? It's possible. I can't. I don't remember the exact instance, but it's entirely possible. Because when I hear that, it makes me think of that scene in the original Clerks, where he's where they're hanging out with the Russian guy that's got his own band, Berserker, and he's like, his band's called "Go Fuck Your Yankee Blue Jeans" or some shit like that. <laughs> and I just for some go reason, "Go Fuck I, Your Yankee Blue Jeans." That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, something about "Go Fuck Your Yankee Blue Jeans." All right, let's hear from our buddy Jim. If I feel like it's been a couple of weeks for, since we've heard from Jim. What's up, Halls and Will? Good evening. I uh, I've been enjoying the the Star Wars the last several weeks. Uh, that one Crosshair episode, mwah, wow, amazing. Uh, and Mandalorian has really been. I think it's been full of drama, you know, with with what's been going on. Uh, I keep on. I'm finding myself very wrong with my predictions. I, my prediction was going to be that uh, Mando was going to basically hand over the Darksaber or Bo-Katan wins it pretty much. And uh, she wants to take over Mandalore, uh, you know, and Mando was going to support her. And the armor and Vizsla were going to be against them. And I'm so wrong. I mean, everything is like coming up daisies right now. I just don't feel like it's going to last. I just wanted to know, do you guys see the armor and Vizsla to be enemies eventually? Do you do you think this is just a temporary thing? Or is it going to keep on coming? Is it going to stay like this and basically they're going to all together uh retake mandalore but i'm curious what you guys have to say all right ignite the green so this once again this was sent before the latest episode and i don't know man i feel like there's a a truce like there's an understanding right now if that will that continue i think so but who knows um and you know, I think everyone in the covert will stay loyal to the armor, or they'll just be allowed to choose. You know what I mean? Like, you choose how you walk the way of the Mandalore, right? We won't judge you. You guys don't judge us. We'll exist together for the good of Mandalore, right? We need to rebuild right. Mandalore. And it also makes me wonder if the armor is, you know, finally willing to budge on that a little bit. What's to say that they won't budge on the whole rules of the Darksaber, too? You know? Like. I don't think it's rules set in stone, but I think it's one of those things that the myth is so great that, you know, when someone asks you how you came by it, it's only respected unless you, if you say you came by it by combat. Yeah, but I think more what I mean is maybe they'll just drop the idea that the person who wields the Darksaber rules Mandalore or whatever. Oh, I see. I see. I see. (laughs) But I think for now, I don't know. There could be like a a major bad guy turn for the armorer in the future. But for now, it seems that that's not going to be the case. And honestly, like, I'm okay with that because I like the character. And like, I don't want to be like, man, fuck the armorer. But... Who knows? There could be twists and turns ahead, for sure. Mm. It's just, um, I don't know, it's not cliche, but like, 
there's the potential like usually within one of these stories where you the, you know you flip the master to the villain or mm-hmm. whatever the mentor well and you know for all that they were seemingly setting up the armorer to be somewhat villainous and like to like almost a religious zealot once again if the whole point of these interconnected uh, series is to connect in a big climactic event like the armorer is not going to be the big bad of that right like you need the, no right you need the situation where everybody unites to face a greater enemy who i think will be thrawn personally you think it'll be thrawn yeah i think thrawn will be the big will bad. be the avenger level threat yeah yeah real smart guy real smart ass evil blue red eyes Psh. What makes Thrawn special? Like what makes him? He's a him tactical genius. What he does is he he examines the art and culture of his enemies to better establish them to uh, to better establish an understanding of them to then take them down tactically and with strategery. That's fascinating. <clears throat> I'd like to see that in effect. I think we will if they do it right. I mean. You would hope they would. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we got a voicemail from Utah. Dougie. Dougie. Oh, this is Dougie. Hey, I was just wondering, you know, with all of that cloning undertones and all the cloning focus we have, have been seeing lately and, and throughout the last little bit, what do you think about Baby Yoda or Grogu? Do you think he is actually the child of Yoda and Yaddle? Uh, maybe an individual of that species? Or perhaps a Yoda clone? It's got to be one of those three. Uh, anyways, what are your thoughts on that? As well as, I wouldn't mind seeing maybe some sort of flashback uh, of Grogu. Uh, I like Ahmed best, but I think his Jedi character doesn't last too long. So maybe we get a a Vader hunting him down order 66 hunting down the Jedi type scene, which would be cool. Or, or maybe he could uh, cameo in a Kenobi season two to the same fate, um, you know, falling at Vader's hands. I think that'd be a cool way to wrap that character up. Cause obviously we don't see him farther out. And what are your thoughts about that? I always love the podcast. Keep it up guys. Peace. Thanks, buddy. Hope you're enjoying the dugout. Um, so, I I don't think Grogu is a clone. I don't either. I think he was just one of the species of Yoda and Yaddle that was attending the Jedi Temple. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's necessarily related to anybody before. I think his big relation is that he's like the third the only the third of that species that we've seen in canon star wars there's a there's another one of those species in knights of the old republic but that don't count but there's <laughs> nothing to say that there can't be more it's not oh, yeah. like well these are the only ones in the galaxy no but they're clearly rare clearly you don't see a ton of them no um I, so I, i'm a little torn as far as that's concerned because i think it would be fascinating to learn more about that species 
but I don't want them to tell us too much because that would diminish the mystery of it all, right? Like, okay, so now we know that not all members of that species talk all, you know, jumbled up like Yoda because we heard Yaddle. Right. That's fine. Now we know, like, you know, the th- you know what would be interesting to me is to see a member of that species that's not Force-sensitive because every single one we've seen mm-hmm. knows how to use the Force. Very strongly, in fact. I think um, I think we're definitely going to be getting more of Grogu's past with Keller and Beck. I don't know how much more, but I think we'll continue to get flashbacks till we see what the eventual fate of that character is. It's not good. <laughs> He's not around when Mando finds Grogu, so probably not good. It'd be kind of cool to see if it was Vader. I mean, that's... They work Vader into so much stuff, but every time they do it, I go, ooh, it's Vader! So I can't mm. even hate on it, you know? Right. <clears throat> um. All right. Let's hear from our buddy, Florian, who stopped by the stream tonight. Hoss, Will, greetings. So... I just read the list of character names from the upcoming High Republic book, Cataclysm. Yeah, and I came across something very special. Of course, you already know what I'm talking about, but I was quite surprised. I didn't know about this, and I was a bit in disbelief at first. Is it a coincidence or not? I just read the character's name and thought, that name sounds familiar. Where have I heard it before? And then I remembered. Wee Wee Tihan, that is Will's Star Wars name that he had mentioned on the podcast before, right? Mm -hmm. I'm pretty proud of myself for catching it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I know that Steel had a part in Kenobi, but somehow I just missed that you two will be mentioned by name in a Star Wars book. That's really awesome. I'm really happy for you two. So my question to you, how did that happen? Did you have a connection to the author or did somebody make this happen for you? And did you talk about this on a regular episode or only on Patreon? I Wait a second. Is he being serious? I don't know. I missed it somehow, but I need to know. So, of course, I naturally started to look for a Hoss reference as well. And I'm pretty sure that I found it. But to be honest, I couldn't make a connection at first. It took me a while until I remembered that some Star Wars names are just real names spelled backwards. Because initially I thought that maybe the character called Enkfrey Uxde might be in reference he's to fucking, you, He's fucking with since me. Since apparently he's a Syrian, like Kia D. But now I think it's the character named Sluf Lirpa, right? Because when you read Sluf Lirpa backwards, it of course says April Fools. <laughs> <laughs> Florian, buddy, you got me real good. I uh, I stopped the voicemail and I said, "Hold up, hold up. I'm gonna let you finish." But is he fucking oh with us? My goodness. And like, okay, I'm telling you right now, if they're because I've got friends who are like, you know, they're they're connected in the Star Wars literary world, and they get 
you know, early copies of the books to review and stuff. And if one of them got Cataclysm early and didn't tell me that there was a character named Wee Wee T Han, be very disappointed. But that's a deep cut Blue Harvest that is meme deep. too. Yeah. You you were there one night, right? When we were doing our Star Wars name on stream, like we used your formula and everybody was oh, doing yeah, their Star yeah. Wars name. That shit was fun. Oh, God. You got me really good, Florian. Well done, buddy. From from one man who respects a bit to another. Well done. All right, this one's from our buddy Josh. Hello there, Haas and Will. This is your internet pal, Josh Wright. Um, hope you guys are doing well, Haas. I hope you're over that... Uh, bout of sneezing uh, that you experienced during the Mandalorian um, immediate reaction. Um, I just wanted to reach through my phone and give you a little tissue there, buddy. Um, hope that's all cleared up now. Um, three kick-ass episodes of Star Wars this week. Uh, really had a good time watching those. Uh, first off, I want to talk a little bit about the Bad Batch. Um, I know you made fun of this a little bit, Haas, in your immediate reaction, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tech truther. I'll admit it. Hashtag tech lives. Um, I think we've seen characters come back from a lot worse than falling thousands of feet from a cable car. Um, you know, tech might've landed on just an enormous pile of pillows. Um, he might've been swooped up by one of those pteranodons from the Mandalorian, um, and then captured by the empire. Who knows? He very well could have survived. Um, I don't think he's okay. I think he's probably, if he's alive, he's probably critically injured. Uh, but it could set up an interesting dynamic where you have three members of the Bad Batch in an Imperial facility, the same one, presumably. And then three of them, including Echo, trying to break the ones on the inside out, and then maybe the ones on the inside trying to get out themselves. Uh, so that could set up an interesting dynamic for season three, which I hope will come around in a year. I hope we don't have to wait another two years for another season that would just be extremely irritating. Um, I do almost wonder if it's, you know, I'm sure it's a coincidence, but I do wonder if they wanted the bad batch and the Mandalorian to overlap because of the similar themes around cloning uh, that they both had, um, where we kind of see bad batches kind of at the beginning of the emperor's cloning program and the Mandalorian is kind of somewhere near the end game there, uh, where we get Snoke and and the and the uh, body the Emperor's in when we see him um, in Rise of Skywalker. Anyway, um, so just something to think about. And then uh, for the Mandalorian, I have a question that involves some um, cockaduty speculating, Woo! which we all love. Uh, so. Uh, we got the revelation, something we already pretty much knew, uh, that Moff Gideon was, that he escaped, um, maybe with the help of Mandalorians. I think if it really is Mandalorians, it's probably some of those, uh, some of those shitty, um, pro empire, uh, Mandalorians who kind of move from working with Maul to working with the empire. Gar Saxon, I think was the the asshole in charge of that group. Um, so some of his folks may still be kicking around. Um, so that's who I think it probably was. If it really was Mandalorians, um, who, who broke him out anyway. Um, so, but my question 
The cockadoodie speculating question is based on what we know now. What do you think the connection between Moff Gideon and the other pieces of the puzzle are here? What's Gideon's connection to Thrawn, if any? And what's Gideon's connection to the First Order and the Emperor's cloning program? Um, I'm having I'm having trouble coming up with good theories about that. And part of me with Thrawn, part of me almost wonders maybe Thrawn is going to be working with the good guys um, when the big showdown happens. Maybe he's going to lend his uh, top-notch strategery to uh, Ahsoka and the Mandalorians and the gang and and just kind of take down Gideon. Anyway, um, so what do you guys think? What do you think the connections are going to be between all those pieces? Um, so anyway, thank you for the great podcast. May the force be with you. Okay. First off, our dude, Josh just hit like a bunch. He even said strategery will. Mm-hmm. We got to, we have to assemble the blue harvest sages to start <clears throat> predicting the future. King Tom, Josh, you know what I mean? They're good at it. They yeah. can, they can see the future. Yeah, man. Um, always in motion, the future is. Uh, so I think there is, we were kind of talking about it. I think there has to be some sort of connection. I don't really know what it is, right? Because Thrawn and Ezra get warped out of sort of the known galaxy, right? By the Purgles at the end of Rebels. So Thrawn having any communication with imperial remnants involve it including moff gideon i don't really know how that would work you see what i'm saying yeah i do yeah um but i i think maybe at least for now gideon's connection would be uh like him his his work or his continued work on like the cloning stuff right um now, so my, the other thing that makes me question it, right, is you remember in the Ahsoka episode of Mando season two, you remember that lady, the villain in that episode, as I think her name was Esbeth or something like that. Okay. The lady that was fighting Ahsoka with the, the Beskar spear. Oh, right, right. And she knows where, yeah, she knows where Thrawn is. So somehow she knows. So I don't know. Maybe Thrawn figured out a way to uh communicate with them i don't know i don't know man i really don't know Mm. but i think it all will end up sort of connecting together i think honestly i think you know they'll probably do at least the first season of ahsoka to sort of establish that cast and plot and then things will start moving closer and closer together until it all connects. I I don't know how much longer it's going to... I mean, because they they're already talking about a fourth season of The Mandalorian. Jon Favreau says he's writing it. Um, and then, you know, there's Ahsoka. Skeleton yeah. Crew, I guess. Yeah. That's a weird piece of the puzzle, Skeleton Crew, because we don't know shit about, about it except, like, some kids have gotten lost on their way on a school trip or some shit and uh what's the name jude law is involved i think that's one of those things that's gonna get them out better than people think it is 
I, it probably is, and I think it's going to be weird. Like, I, I have a feeling that one has the potential. Like, because, you know, Mandalorian, it's it's definitely, you know, added some stuff to the lore and the mythos and has done a lot of cool stuff. Um, you know what I mean? But uh, mm-hmm. it's Mandalorians, right? Established. Ahsoka, once again, I'm sure it's going to be weird. Like, it's going to add new stuff. All kinds of crazy force stuff, but it's Ahsoka in the Rebels characters. Skeleton crew, we don't know anybody. We don't know yeah. dick about dick about that one. So it may yeah, have the, the potential to get the weirdest on us. All right, buddy, we're going to do one more email and then we're going to wrap it up. This is from our buddy Sam. Howdy, Halls and Will. That was quite a great week in Star Wars. My email is all about some cock duty speculating across the board. First, I posed the idea in the Blue Harvest Discord. I saw this, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to take this theory from Sam in case this is what he um, wrote about. Sameless plug for a great community. That perhaps Sabine is the one who broke Gideon out of that sh- shuttle because she's looking for information from him about Thrawn. What do you guys think about that? Honestly, it'll probably end up being something like Gideon had his own secret Mando bodyguards. Or he's been hiding in the covert all along. Look at that. Look at me and Look Sam. Look at that. Look at that. That's impressive. Because um, I did not even think about that. Now, the Sabine theory is wild. Um, because, you know, I have speculated that we might see her this season. Mm-hmm. And that would be interesting. If they broke, if she broke him out to try to figure out where Thrawn was, and then maybe he ends up escaping or some shit. That could be interesting. Um, cool be cool be <clears throat> looking at bad batch i feel like halls in his cad bane theory that i feel like there's no way we've seen the last of tech either he's still alive or they're going to use dna extracted from his remains to recreate another clone of him could you imagine omega finding him next season thinking he's an ally and then he tells her no i'm teak because here all clones get an extra letter in their name i think that would be a neat turn for the character Anyways, thanks for the great show, and we'll catch you soon. Best wishes, Sam. Bro, Sam brought Luke into this conversation with that. He brought old Luke. That's dangerous. That's dangerous ground to tread, Sam. Luke? Man. I don't know, man. I feel like tech is gone. But as we said, as was brought up yeah. a couple of times, we've seen people survive worse. Entirely possible that he's not. Mm-hmm. You know, they pulled the curtain at the right time where anything could have happened after that. Right. Right. Man. But if he is gone, rip to a real one, man. Yeah, for real, dude. For this real. This season did a whole lot. I, always, I liked the character, but this one really did a lot to endear me. Absolutely. It would really make me like that character. He was kind of just there for what he could do before. Yeah. But this season, he was like his own yeah. character. And I never once thought like, oh, they're featuring him a whole lot. Things are going to go bad. <sighs> I should have. Um, All right, buddy. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for recording with me. Hey, dude. Thank you for having me on. Um, So listen, guys. What you guys should do... um you should leave us a review on iTunes or Apple podcast or Spotify, just wherever, you know, you know, 
help us out helps other people find us they get to be part of the memes next thing you know they're pulling pranks on us like florian huh huh it's a meme train you guys like when people play pranks on us it's it's, it's all the rage right so do a favor do us a favor do that if you enjoy the band or if you enjoy our theme song please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music they are stoned cobra you can find them on itunes Spotify or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Um, if you want to hear more of me every week, but with our buddy Steve, you should check out the High Potion podcast where we talk about video games. It's a good time. We just had an episode about The Last of Us show with mm. our buddies Carlos, Les, and Araj from The Sith List. It was oh nice, delightful, I must say. So check that out when you guys have a chance and uh, we'll see you next week when unfortunately i guess we're just going to be talking about one episode of the mandalorian you know we don't get double star wars for now oh it's such a bummer it was so nice while it lasted i know right well anyways guys thanks for listening and we'll see you next week until then this has been blue harvest and i'm halls burkhart and i'm who will may the force be with you May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us.